Can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Doing good. Great to hear. Yep. Do you want to check your camera? Is that the right camera and right, right at everything? Uh, looks good. It's only camera awesome. I got. Cool. Thanks for getting together, everybody. Uh, today is episode one, eight ways to secure your M365 email system. I am super excited about this one, Michael. I'm sure you are too. I really am. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those who don't know, my name is Brian Arredondo with Empowering Technology Solutions. Uh, we are a managed IT and security provider. Uh, with us is our co-host, Mike Urich, also known as Big Mike. He Thank is you. the service manager for ETS. Yes, sir. <clears throat> cool. Uh, before we get started, this is the first episode. We'll just do a quick backstory so everybody knows why we're doing this. Um, we started this podcast to give back to the IT community. You know, our team has been focusing on expanding our IT security posture and feel the community as a whole can benefit uh, from what we've learned and continue to learn. For sure. <clears throat> and to that end, uh, again, as our topic uh, titles there today, we are looking into eight ways that you can secure your Microsoft 365 email system. Uh, emails are the number one ways that companies are targeted for phishing. And uh, we want to do what we can to you know, help everybody secure those tenants and make sure all of our customers are taken care of. Yeah, agreed. I'm excited about this one because this is like a never-ending threat that's just going to keep getting worse. It seems like every day we see a ticket of some kind of somebody, you know, either seeing a ticket that, or an email that looks like phishing or something is suspected of being malware or something coming through email. So, yeah, we want to do what we can to make sure that those environments are protected. Right. Cool. Yeah. You know, what would be interesting, too, before we jump in is uh, I'm curious how many phishing emails our systems are detecting every day. That's a, be an interesting stat. It's actually quite a few. Uh, I've been looking into it with some of the team recently over the past couple of weeks with the inclusions of iron scales with some of our clients. And uh, we see, you know, at least a couple dozen a day. And, and that's just from, you know, the 50 or 60 clients that we have, you know, faced with. So that's, it's pretty common. Wow. Cool. Okay. So I guess jumping right in, um, you want me to start off with this first one? Yeah, go right ahead. Cool. Okay. So uh, one way to increase the security of the 365 tenant is avoid setting up common department mailboxes. So things like accounting, accounts payable, AP. By doing that, you've made it too easy for people to just, just literally mass email those type of mailboxes. Mm -hmm. And the moment they know that it's a real mailbox, it's you're going to start getting attacked at that level. Exactly. And it may not seem like a lot at first. You know, it's just a couple spam messages, maybe some marketing stuff. But with those generalized mailboxes, it's, it's easy bait. You know, you just right. have to know a domain and you throw accounting on there and, you know, they're getting stuff in their inbox. It's that easy. Right. What would you suggest they do instead, Michael? So instead of accounting at, you know, company.com, what's a better way to do that? So a couple things that I would probably think of first and foremost would be something like an abbreviation of some sort, something that's only known by the internal team, uh, you know, include initials of, of, you know, things that aren't part of the team. Uh, include numbers, uh, things like that. Just something that isn't easily identifiable as being a, a repository of information for a specific department. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great idea. Uh, we wanted to just share a story on this. So in the last six months, two companies who weren't clients of ours uh, were recently hit by very sophisticated phishing attacks. Uh, the first one was a $200,000 loss and the second one was a $77,000 loss. 
It's a lot. Yeah. So the first one that got hit, they actually had an external tag in the, you know, security going. So anytime an external vendor emails in, it has external. The problem is the entire email thread was already flooded with external because they were speaking to somebody external. Right. And once everything was approved and it came time to wire the money, the hacker changed one letter on the email and said, okay, can you please wire the money here? And then the customer did not know and then wired the 200 grand to them, not realizing it was off by one letter. Man, something so simple caused such a big backlash. Right. Do you know, Michael, how that happened? Like how the hacker knew to do that? Well, my initial guess would be some sort of phishing campaign that got them to this point. Uh, they likely sent something to someone within one of these email chains and was able to get their credentials, got a backdoor into the account, found out some information about the domain, spun up a cheap one on you know a website that's readily available online, and made these emails that looked very much like the ones these people were communicating with. Literally, it took them less than an hour. Like Once they saw the opportunity, the new domain was spun up and they attacked. It's tragic. It's very tragic. Here's the crazy part. This all could have been avoided, and this kind of goes into our second part. The way that hack unfolded was the account payable team, there was a rule in their outlook that anytime they received an email, it was auto-forwarding a copy of that message to a Gmail account, the hacker's Gmail account. Yeah. And so the second big thing you can do in Microsoft 365 is you can actually create a mail flow rule that says, if the recipient is external and the message property type is auto forward, reject the message. That way you just stop those from going out altogether. That is such a powerful rule. And it immediately makes me think of all the times in the past where I've worked with customers on compromised emails and the, the go-to things that we want to check for are rules being created to forward emails externally. So that's right. great that they've already built a, a specific rule in to combat that. That's good. Right, right. And so for those who want to check if you potentially have this problem, uh, what you want to do is head to protection.office.com and go to Mailflow and Dashboard. And then there's an actual box there that Microsoft populates that shows um, messages auto-forwarded this week. And go look at that and see if there's things being auto-forwarded because if there, if there is, it's probably malicious and uh it's something to investigate and then you can you can put this this band-aid in by um not letting that happen anymore with the mail flow rule 100 percent. and just as an overarching rule of thumb for 365 tenants forwarding to external emails that you cannot manage and govern is should typically be a no-no don't do that right right if you found yourself in a scenario though where that needs to happen. Let's say you have a board member or for some reason, somebody needs something. What we'd recommend doing is you create a mail enabled security group, mm -hmm. call it allow external remote forwarding. And then on that mail flow rule, same thing, right? If it's external and it's message type auto forwarding, don't let it go. Except if the user is part of that group, that is one way you can securely bypass that. It's perfect. It's a good rule. Yep. Do you want to touch on number three? I the anti-phishing? So something that we offer most of our clients and something that could have protected these couple businesses when they were targeted uh, is a program and a software platform that we use called IronScales. Uh, IronScales is an email security platform that sits between Microsoft 365 and your end user. 
So whenever mail is sent to specific users, IronScale scans that. Uh, they look for uh, scores related to phishing. They look for impersonation attempts. Uh, and what's more important is when it sees those within users' actual outlook, when they open that email, if it's something other than a, a user that they've previously corresponded with, or if it's from a domain that has a high phishing rating, it will put a bright red banner right across the top of that email. It's impossible to ignore. So if this had happened and this one of these companies had had iron scales, as soon as that impersonation attempt happened, they would have seen a big bright banner and would have been able to stop it right there and there would have been no harm done. So right. Iron scales is an incredibly powerful tool that will protect your entire organization in addition to all the things that we're recommending through 365. Right, right. And not to mention those training. Yeah, the phishing training is huge, too. So they allow you to do full on phishing campaigns. Uh, it's not real, which is great, um, but it looks very real. The, the, the thing that we want to do with those campaigns is a empower users to identify when phishing attacks are, are attempted and B, find those, those weak points within an organization and help those users to know what to look for as well so that you don't have those holes in your company's organizations and these things are taken care of before they ever become problematic. Now, I literally think you hit the nail on the head. You know, And some people listening might say, well, you know, there's a lot of programs out there, right? There's something called Know Before, which they do a bunch of email phishing. There's a lot of companies. We looked at all of them and the reason why we selected Iron Scales uh, no plugged iron scales here. Um, honestly, they just do a great job. Um, they've like, so here's what happens. Let's say you have a company with a hundred users and um, a phishing uh, attack happens and it hits your accounts payable team. Uh, and let's say your AP person reports it as phishing. Iron scales is smart enough to go, okay, we were 60% confident it was phishing. This person just reported as phishing. And then we get an alert and we confirm it's phishing. That user that reported that email now has what's called like a gamification score. So let's say then we do a phishing test and this person always passes. They report it. They, they now have a high score. Mm -hmm. Four months go by and a new attack comes in the organization and this person reports it. The system goes, okay, I was pretty confident. They're always correct or usually correct. Mm -hmm. And it completely eliminates that threat across the entire company. Accountability, man, it's a big deal. It's good to have a tool that powerful. Right. In the past, there's a phishing campaign, and what do people do? HR sends out an email that says, hey, everybody, please don't click on that email because it was a bad email. And it's not us. <laughs> yeah, you sit around, you hope. It's like, yeah. well, now that does not happen anymore. Another thing that I really enjoyed finding out about Iron Scales is how involved the community is. So it's not just your organizations that you're relying on to identify these spam and phishing attempts. The community as a whole influences what gets, you know, flagged and isolated in, in your organization. So that's hugely powerful. Who's on the that community? Area. When you say community, who is that? So the community is other users who have iron scales enabled on their mailboxes. When they uh, report those phishings, right. that then gets uploaded to a centralized database and is shared with other users of iron scales. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is a really good feature of it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, next one, you want to jump right into that? Or want me to? No, for sure. Uh, another thing that we found that is hugely, hugely strong in, in combating uh, phishing is having a branded page for your organizations that when a user is prompted via email 
hey, we need your credentials to download this file or for you to access this document, whatever it may be. If you're accessing a 365 account or tenant, it will give them a splash page with their company's image on there. If you've trained your employees and end users well enough to know, don't log in unless you see our company's logo somewhere, it's a given. If they don't see that, back away, stop right. what you're doing. It's not legitimate. Right. That's No, that's perfect. I mean, there's operational value there. There's security value there. There's a lot of value there. For sure. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and I'll jump on this next one. I think this is huge. You know, enabling two-factor authentication, guys, it has to be a standard now. If, you know, Microsoft is not the greatest, I shouldn't say they're not the greatest anymore because now brand new 365 tenants have these security features enabled by default. But all the ones before, two-factor authentication was not a standard. And once someone's email is compromised, there's very little you can do at this point to know. It's just better to get 365 two-factor turned on Otherwise, someone's going to get in there. They're going to see all the past email. They'll try to create weird rules. Mm-hmm. And two-factor is the best way to make sure nobody is logging into those mailboxes but the user who owns that mailbox. It's an instant deterrent. As soon as you see, please enter the code that we've sent to your phone, most people will stop at that point. It's pointless to continue trying to get into that account. Right. The other thing you can train your users on is if they're randomly getting text messages to their phone saying, here's the code for the login, and they're not doing that, it's like, okay, you need to let IT know so we can figure out what's going on. For sure. Yeah, there's tons of stuff within 365. You can look in login attempt logs. You can see where those attempts are coming from. Obviously, reset passwords and resecure that account so the user doesn't have anything to worry about. Right. Cool. Uh, next one, SPF record and DKIM signatures. You want me to jump on that one or you want to? feel like this is your wheelhouse, man, Sean. <laughs> okay. So inherently, when email is sent between two systems, you the spam filter's job is to determine if this is a good email or not. And the main thing the spam filter can do is see if I get email from Michael, is Mike did it come from Michael's approved email server? The only way that that spam filter knows if this is legit or not is if we hard coded the SPF record to say yes. So for example, if you have Microsoft 365, your SPF record should say only allow email from 365 and then hard fail it if it's not from that. What that means is any email sent to the world not from 365 on behalf of Michael, consider it spam. Smart. Yep. The second thing is DKIM signatures. That's called domain signing. Um, what that does is that really helps your emails from a deliverability standpoint. So when you're sending email to a third-party domain, it'll look to see if the SPF record is correct, but the second data point it's going to look at is the DKIM record. And so if that is set up properly, uh, the email that you're sending out to third parties has a much higher chance of hitting the inbox. Something really great to have on hand and make sure it's set up properly to protect your organization. Right, right. Cool. And number eight, Michael, you want to take that one? I will discuss this one. Yeah. So, excuse me. So Microsoft has a predefined set of security settings that by default are enabled whenever you spin up a new tenant. However, the settings on that filter and those rules 
are not as hard as they should be to really protect your organization as much as you can and should. With that being said, there's just a couple specific settings that we wanted to make sure to touch on. Uh, as you admins out there are setting up these tenants, these are go-tos to make sure that these are getting set up with these correct settings. Um, all of these will be within the Exchange Admin Center of 365. <clears throat> uh, once you're in the Admin Center, uh, firstly would be under the protection setting over on the left. Uh, from there, you'd go into the malware filter and make sure that that is firstly on. Uh, and then additionally, make sure that the enable common attachment types filter and the enable malware zero hour out auto purge are both enabled as well. Uh, those are going to make sure that as those emails are coming in through 365, if you don't have something like iron scales protecting the inbox before it gets there, uh, then 365 itself can do scans on those emails, looking for specific signatures that have been determined by Microsoft and default, just flag those and quarantine them before they ever reach in, in users inboxes. Right. Agreed. Yeah, the other thing you can do, too, is just change the general bulk level from default to seven. We drop ours down to two for almost every customer, and that seems to be the sweet spot where it stops most of the junk from coming through. Yeah, a lot of that bulk mail is, is mostly marketing ads, things just to clutter up your inbox, and it's just unnecessary. Right. Agreed. <clears throat> uh, the other thing is under the spam filter in their advanced settings, uh, there's an NDR backscatter uh, as well as that SPF hard fail that Brian had uh, discussed previously, uh, in addition to some conditional sender ID filtering, uh, all of those should definitely be set and have uh, some pretty high settings in order to keep yourself protected. Great. Cool. So when it generally comes to like email security, like if we did a quick wrap up, what would you say like if if customers didn't know where to start and they just wanted to pick a couple things on this list, what do you think is like the most important thing to do to to protect your email security system? Without a doubt, two-factor authentication is the big thing. Um, anytime that you can enable users to have that extra layer of security protecting their account, especially with something as foolproof as two-factor, it's, it's got to be done by default out of the gate. Right. I, I think would agree. That, the, the next best thing would be some kind of additional email filter. Uh, that has some form of a community support or ongoing support that's constantly updated uh, so that in addition to, you know, as great as 365 is, there's never any problem with having an extra set of eyes on things, especially someone that specializes specifically in looking for things like phishing and malware and spam. You literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say after <laughs> 2FA, it's going to be uh, anti-phishing security. And you literally went right there and I, I couldn't agree more. For sure. Awesome. Uh, looks like we have a few people in the audience. Does anybody in the audience want to ask any questions before, on, before we head out? Give them a couple seconds in case they're thinking on it. In case, in case they're thinking. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't look like there's any questions. Cool. So yeah, this is our first episode. I'm really happy to get it, get it done and, a little bit learning experience here, but I'm excited sure. for the next episode and we'll, we'll post an update shortly. Had a great, had a great time with you, Brian. Look forward to it. Cool. Thank you. Talk to you guys later.